Blog Talk Radio. Hello listeners, welcome to another broadcast of The Unexplained World, where the line between the natural and the supernatural may become nothing more than fuzzy. I'm Edward Shanahan, your host, a spiritual observer, and psychic reader. Also joining me tonight and every broadcast are our co-hosts, who are part of the inner circle of The Unexplained World and Spirit Weavers. So stay tuned, feel free to call in and enjoy. Thank you. Hello? Hi. Okay. Oh, here. Can you hear me? Hi. We're connected. Totally. Yes, Hello, listeners. You're listening to the February 25th broadcast of The Unexplained World. I'm Edward Shanahan with Annette. Hi, Annette. Are you there? I'm here, Ed. Good evening. How are you doing, kid? I'm fine. And yourself tonight? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And Deanne, Deanne, are you out here? Yes, I am. Hi. Hello, how are you doing? Good. Good evening to everybody. Okay, both Hello. of the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, both of the ladies, like me, are readers and advisors and work with me in the paranormal field and in what we do. Tonight, our guests are the producers of the documentary of the haunted location. Central State Asylum of the Insane. Okay. Dan Hall, are you there? Yes, sir. I'm here. How are you doing, Ed? Okay. You're going to talk up a little bit louder. Okay. Can okay. you hear me now? Yeah, that sounds much better. Okay, great. Okay. Sarah, are you yes. there? Yes, I'm here. How are you, Okay. Guys? Yes, how are you doing? Good, thank you. Okay. Sarah's the one that uh, first approached me about this. Um, I watched the DVD documentary, Deanne got to watch it. Annette, yes, you're not 10 minutes away. I couldn't get it to you in time, but um, I did turn you on to the website. Um, yeah. Sarah, what, what is your last name? My last name is Minot. Okay. It's a okay. name. It's an English name. <laughs> okay. Oh, I couldn't never guess. Gives <laughs> <laughs> it away every time. Yeah, I think my psychic abilities kicked in when I first heard it. <laughs> okay. Uh, Marlene. Isaac, here. Hello. hello. Yes, how you doing? Hello. You're the psychic lady that appeared in the documentary. Yes, that uh, would be me in the okay. dress. In the, the... Okay. What kind of psychic would you classify yourself as? I do years? all of it. I was, and I was born with disability. I remember where I was before my birth, and it's something I've done for many lifetimes. And I've been doing it actually full-time in this life for about 36 years. I'm empathic. I'm clairvoyant, clairaudient. Uh, I'm also a healer and spiritual teacher, so I, I okay. do all of it. Okay, what area are you out of? Let me ask you that. Too. Indianapolis, Indiana. Okay. Dan, are you all out of the Indianapolis area? Yeah, we are. Uh-huh. Well, except for okay. Sarah. She's from another country. <laughs> well, I mean, at this time in, uh, in this time in, uh, you know, at this time, you're all from Indianapolis, I would yeah. say. Yes, right. Okay, okay. Um, all right, here's my first question. Why did you create the documentary? Well, I um, originally shot a family feature film that was on Showtime called Little Treasure Hunters there, 
and we picked that location because it was uh, we used it as a foster home for these you know, bad kids that were in the movie. Mm-hmm. And um, we were shooting on a Friday the 13th. Actually, we didn't, and, and I wasn't really going there for any other reason to get those shots. And strange things started to happen the later it got into uh, the night. And we were uh, setting up a shot. And we have. Uh, are you familiar with the filmmaking industry at all? Um. Yeah. It's basically TV. I used to do pro wrestling and other stuff. So. Oh, okay. Well. We have a thing called a dolly, which is uh, it's right. you put it on track, and and you level the the track so it's perfectly level. You mm-hmm. put the dolly on it, and then you push it back and forth with the camera. And there was a uh, particular scene we were shooting. Um, I had the camera guy was up on the dolly, and um, sometimes you can push it with your foot if it's if it's really level, and sometimes you can't. And I was um, back looking at my script, and I looked over my shoulder, and the dolly with the camera guy started moving down the track and he thought that I was pushing him and I thought that he was using his foot but he wasn't and I Hmm. looked up there and he looked back at me about the same time we both thought how the heck did that happen but the thing got pushed clear down this is 24 feet of track okay Hmm. so stuff like that began to happen doors would shut there were some eerie things with the lighting of the the light when we when we lit up some of the windows um, in particular this one curtain just looked like a screaming face. It was just the creepiest thing that I've ever seen. And so I began to kind of want to know more about the site and what was going on there. So okay. you went into it blind, not knowing any legends. Right, yeah. Uh, right. Okay, interesting. What did, um, um, explain what Central State Asylum of the Insane, was that its actual name or was it just Central State? Well, it was called Central uh, well, I think the original name was the Asylum for the Insane. Right. Wow. And it was started in 1848. Uh, they had like six people there, I think, at the beginning. And within about, I would say, about 100 years or so, well, actually, in the first 50, they it got about 1,300. And by the late 60s, there were like 3,000 people there. Okay, you're going to have to speak up a little bit more, Jen. I just got a instant message that uh, people are having a little bit t- hard time hearing. So hearing, those... Hearing does speak up a little bit louder, okay, for us? Okay, sorry about that. That's good. Uh, it was started in 1848, um, and it was probably one. It, it became to be one of the largest mental institutions in the country. And it was uh, on 160 acres of ground. It was totally self-contained, and uh, they did all kinds of. Um, they housed just about every kind of mental patient you can think of there, from the criminally insane to, you know, to the mentally. Um, and retarded and that kind of thing. So. Now, most who worked there, they, I, when I was watching the documentary, that they were unprofessional and un, underpaid. Exactly. There, it was such a big facility, and they were so understaffed that um, there were a lot of good people that worked there. But then I think when you put um, somebody who might not have such great intentions in a place like that where they have absolute power, then things are going to happen. And, and, and unfortunately, really bad things happened. I mean, they would chain people up in the tunnels if they couldn't control them, and there were unexplained murders and missing people and uh, all kinds of things that went on there. Yeah, we have, we have, I have a website, matter of fact, a webpage uh, dedicated to an asylum we have out here in Illinois. And uh, I got some of the transcripts from actually the medical files on there. And. The thing about it is, you know, 
what these people, what these hospitals did back then would be considered torture today in wars. Right. Yeah. I mean, you explain to the people some of the barbaric things they did. Well, I, I think anywhere from lobotomies without sedation, or without any kind of preparation, which, uh, you know, to me seems real criminal, too. Like, um, back in the day when you were considered, uh, it could be that you were bipolar or you just had a bad day or something, then you were committed. You were committed because you were depressed or whatever, and you had to stay some time at Central State. And depending on how you reacted and what went on, they would either, you know, accelerate you through the program, or if you didn't cooperate, they would... Uh, keep you there longer, and if you didn't really cooperate, they would put you down into the dungeons and chain you to the wall. And these were in the tunnels. There was five miles of tunnels underneath Central State. Wow. And these dungeons were, um, and in the documentary, I think we we have a key to one of the dungeons, and we were we interviewed a couple of people that had been and known about those. But um, you know, can you imagine being you know in a vulnerable state like that and then put in a place where there was no sunlight and no human contact and you were chained to a wall in a dungeon. I mean, it just would make you even more crazy, I think. So. Well, that's what I mean by, you know, in today's, even in wartime, this stuff would be considered criminal um, because they did electric shock treatment, which they do today, right. which I still don't believe in um, because, you know, it's basically a hit or miss, no pun intended, um, right. form of whatever, right. you know. Uh, yeah, I don't think they were they were malicious about it. I don't think they were you know, doing it, you know, intentionally to hurt people. They just didn't know. They had no idea what would be the right or correct, correct way to handle. I mean, they didn't even know about bipolar. Or, I mean, they had just a couple drugs back even as late as the 60s that they could put people on. Yeah, so yeah. Just following some backwards protocol. Uh, on another note, Ed, um, we were going through the records there through um, the Indiana State Archives, and a, a lot of the reasons that people were submitted, like Dan was saying, um, it was for things like falling in love with a farmhand or, um, you know, manic depressive or, um, you know. Fight at love. Yeah, yeah. Love yeah. Stated on one thing, yeah. Right. right. Um, it was just It was just crazy um put in there i think lots of women were housed in there if people wanted to get rid of their wives and there were some really bad things that happened like that yeah wow. well thank god they didn't have yow groups back then <laughs> <laughs> in the paranormal field um oh, that's just an inside joke um so, okay. so they they were admitted without any so-called mental disabilities so they either left with them or they didn't leave at all no, once you got to Central State, you stayed there pretty much. Yeah, lots of people stayed for years and years. It died there. There's some cemetery. There's actually burials everywhere. They find people were buried in unmarked graves, actually, too. They have, now, are those, those burial grounds still standing, or have they been? They have moved them. Supposedly, they, they had moved a lot of the graves, but um, our research found that there are still, uh, you know, Quite a few people still buried out there, and uh, we have testimony from people that you know the 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 part where they're supposed to be the grave, where the unmarked grave site is, extends far more than what the city planners um, are mm-hmm. saying that it does. So it's kind okay. of a, it, it's just it's almost a um, you know when you when you're out there, you almost get the feeling of like an Auschwitz or something like that. It's just I was just going to say a concentration camp. Yeah. It's like that a lot. Mm-hmm. It's just really. Um, it was its own little place, and um, 
And they, they kept it basically, the outside didn't know what was going on on the inside. Right. Yeah, they didn't, yeah. I don't think you really cared what went on in there as long as they kept it inside there. And the people were off the street, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, Marlene, okay. Uh, that's the proper way of saying Mar- it, right? Marilyn, actually. Marilyn. Okay, Marilyn. okay. My question to you, me being a, you know, Annette in Deanne, basically being what I call psychic healers, pick up emotions and stuff like that. I've been in a, what would you call it, a big place location that's actually being used today for the mentally handicapped, okay? And when I went in there, and I posted this one day, it was, I was hit from every direction by emotions. You know what I'm saying? Oh, uh, yeah, I, do. I mean, living spiritual and dead spiritual emotions. Boom. It yeah. drove me basically right back into the elevator. Um, what did you feel walking into this oh, land of emotions? Um, because I, I, on top of it, I really think it was a sacred Indian area. I think it's a sacred oh mound area is, is just my opinion. And then you can think that's a power spot. You know, there's a magnetic vortex probably there. And, and t- so on top of it, this has been something that was sacred that probably got desecrated, okay? So you'll, as you see in the film, when I'm dressed in the, the, the dress, I thought, you know, and this is the best part. I didn't know anything about Central State, okay? So I go there. I think I'm going for a few minutes. And I'm, I have sandals and I have this long dress on. And as you saw in the movie, in the little chakra dress, five hours later, I'm down at the house and I'm like, oh, my God. God, yeah, I physically got sick. I, I mean, after, I, I will tell you from the different times I've gone down there, there was a lot of actual physical illness that I, I developed from it. But I was bombarded with voices, with sounds, with emotions, with, but I'm a healer. So my purpose was going, was not to go, oh, my God, let's find the phenomena. It was mm-hmm. to actually transmute and transform and to heal. And you see that in the film as well. You see the yeah. one part where we're doing the prayer and doing the blessing, and then you saw the green, uh, which all was natural. None of this is, is this was enhanced or anything. It was just the way it was. The green um, spheres that came up off my hands. When I said, oh, my God, it's different down here, there's lots of neat things happened. That I liked a lot. That The part that I felt we, I, that made, it, it wasn't overwhelming in the sense I knew I'd gained ground of helping. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is oh, unbelievable. And the second time I spent a lot of time there was just in September. That time we all got very ill. Yeah, we all got yeah. very, very uh, physically ill from yeah. being down in the tunnels and from just different things that went on. It was a very different experience. When I, the first time I was there was by myself. I was with Dan. It was like daytime, and it was a different, it was a different energy. Yeah, it was very powerful, and it, it came with me. Some of the so the emotions are still within. Oh, of, yeah. I, I've, had, I, I've had dreams yeah. about it. I've had to work with it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. The interesting thing about that too, Ed, is that um, several people and 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 I like again. I didn't go there to ghost bust. I went there to find out what was going on. You know, mm-hmm. I came back with the crews and all. And um, what was really interesting is, you know, most everyone got ill. In some yeah. kind of way, some from even the guy who did the music, and he had never set foot on Central State. He was in the hospital. That's amazing to me. Yeah, he got it just doing the music for it. Yeah. Do you think the uh, energy was basically that remains there was just kind of sucking whatever out of us? 
Um, well, I, I've had that happen where I ended up on my back for three days. See, that's what uh, happened to me the last time I was there. I was, I was down for the count. Yeah, I had to take, yeah. I had to physic- I had to take my. Fortunately, I live in a wooded area. I had to take my clothes off. I would not even go in my house. <laughs> I stripped down and went in my house. I wouldn't even let my spirit said, "Don't take the clothes. You got to take your clothes off. There's too much energy in them." I mean, I, I, I'm here to tell you, I know exactly. That's 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 weird because I thought I was. Okay, because when I talked about that, that hospital I told you about for the mentally, you know, handicapped, when I got into that elevator, I had to strip the the winter cold off and everything I had on me. See, I'm telling those you, stuff, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Things were right. <laughs> yeah. Those... Um, even, Ed, I'm, I'm not really, I'm not a psychic and I'm I'm a skeptic and I didn't go in the tunnels because I'm I'm a chicken. I, mm-hmm. I was, I was the, the token chicken, um, but it affected me. Um, even, you know, I'm trying to frame the posters for Central State, and I'm holding the frame in my hand, and it just cracks. The, the frame cracks from the top left corner to the bottom right. Things like that. I mean, it's just, it, you can't explain things like that. Um, even, you know, since we've made the movie, it's, it's touched people's lives in, in so many different ways. Um, it's, it's, you know, smells even. You can't. What do three of you want to? Do this on a regular basis, or have you had your share of it? Let me ask no, you that. No, I would be interested in doing more because, to me, like I said, I'm not about. Oh my God, look at the, the you know, it's not the phenomena. I call it the phenomena wasteland. Who cares? Yeah, I, I wanted to do it to, to heal and release and transmute the energy, and I'm mm-hmm. absolutely interested in that. I would love to mm-hmm. come up to where, where the thing you're talking about. Maybe we could do some stuff up there. Uh, it's very number one. Uh, VA has, I believe, oh, bought a portion of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and the other portion, uh, you almost have to sneak in to get in there. Well, we so, <laughs> so uh, I'm a little bit too old. They have my, you know, hey, could you see this psychic front page of the South Town newspaper psychic <laughs> you know, captured uh, walking into Mantino Hospital? Okay, <laughs> no, no, they might just put no. you in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great, a little room just for me. Um, now, in the in the movie, the the worker, I I don't know if he was the landkeeper or such that had an encounter while sleeping. Um, yeah, he was thinking about it, right? He was the guy. Yeah, he had worked there, and his I think his uncle um, had worked there prior to him. So I mean, they have, and that was the thing I think about Central State is that it um, they were they encouraged people, you know, you know, father to son to son to father kind of thing. They would they would encourage people to, you know, make it a career because, I mean, over 150 years of being, yeah. you know, going, they would have plenty of opportunity for that. And these people would work there their entire lives. Not like today where you don't know whether you're going to be working tomorrow. But And so he, they, these things would be passed on from them. So they would know not to go down in that particular place by themselves or at a certain particular time of the day. So. We got a caller. You want me to take a call? Yeah, that'd be great. All right, let's see what uh caller from uh area code three two five. Let me click on your microphone. Are you there? Yes, sir, I'm here. Okay. And your name? Andrew. Oh, uh, hi Andrew, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Okay. Um haven't gotten to get on your show yet, but I I'm tempted to uh tap into it one day. Uh what's your question to the guest? Um I have one for the for the psychic and for the the um crew. Go ahead. Um, when you were there, did y'all experience like any taste or being like touch? Yes. And do y'all did you ever see anything like a, I guess a full body operation? 
Yes, absolutely. Yeah, uh, particularly when we were there, uh, when I was there in September, just this last September, we, with one of the reasons we all, I, I'm not afraid of much, really, I'm in that realm at all. And they, it was getting heavy. I could feel, it was almost like a pack of wolves or a pack of energy on us. And we all started to feel being touched, physically tapped on the shoulder, pushed, uh, definitely. I definitely had olfactory sensations and, and tastes and, yeah, the whole the whole nine yards of that were, were going on. Was it, was um, it, I can tell you. Yeah, go ahead. I, I can tell you when we were when we were initially there back uh, in 2003 when we were shooting the movie that was on Showtime, Little Treasure Hunters, they, um, my daughter had a part in the movie, and she was in the RV. And when it got around, and, and you know, I didn't know how all this and the symbolism of all this stuff back then, as I do now, but she came to me. She goes, Dad, the TV just went off. I said, well, can you read a book or something? She goes, well, it's still on, but it's, the, it's red snow. <laughs> which is really weird. And about that time, you know, things just everybody just got like edgy, uh, like like almost like, you know, if you have a bunch of horses in a corral or something and there's like something coming on to them to harm them. It just gets all kind of everybody gets jumpy and edgy and then the smell of it was like this sweet sewery smell. That's all I can explain it. It wasn't like a like Think it was just like a, an odor, and it just kind of came over the whole place, and it was just really odd. And I remember that real distinct. Mm. Well, a question to you then, Dan: Did anybody have any illnesses or anything that, from the basically, just that were participating in the Showtime broadcast? Well, what was really interesting, Ed, about that is um, we we shot until about 1:30, and then we took a break. And this is 1:30, so this would be. 12 at night and then 1.30 in the morning, so it's dark out and all that, and, you know, full moon, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, one of the crew guys just kind of went a little berserk and took the van with the trailer and just drove off. I mean, busting out of the place. I mean, like, all of a sudden we're ready to kind of start packing things up, and he's got the trailer and gone. So there's, like, no way we can kind of finish packing up the stuff because he's taken off. And, you know, he oh, I bet you that went over real well. Huh? Yeah, it's just like that. And yeah. So I'm trying to calm everybody else down, and uh, I've got a guy I'm talking to, and his back is to these doors we propped open, and I'm talking to him, and I can see the doors. And right when I say to him, you know, there's nothing to really worry about. Everything's going to be fine. The door shuts. Mm. So And there was nobody around it. It's just that kind of stuff. Well, the, would the would this uh, documentary would it be on DVD like on your site or in stores? Uh, you can purchase it off our website. Which can we give that out, Ed? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, it's yeah. uh, central-state.com. Alrighty. And it's uh, available there. You can also link uh, to Marilyn's site, and I think a couple of the people that were in the movie are on that site too. So. Okay, we'll we'll announce it again. So everybody grab their pens and paper. Um, and the documentary has also appeared in, uh, Sarah was telling me, in movie theater. Oh, yeah, and it in, played, it sure, sure did. Sarah, you want to fill in on that? Yeah, yeah. sure. Um, it played at the IMAX theater here in Indianapolis, and we sold out three times. So um, it takes 400 people. Um, we had so much interest. Um, we were also on Coast to Coast AM, um, and so we've had quite a bit of publicity and a lot of local interest. You know, everybody knows somebody that was either in Central State or worked at Central State or knows somebody that was attached to Central State in some way. And it's touched a lot of people. Um, 
So we've been absolutely overwhelmed by the interest, um, not just locally, but nationally as well. <coughs> so, and there's a lot more there, too. That there are a lot more stories to be told. So yeah. many, yeah. Annette, do you have anything? Uh, well, first, I want to applaud Marilene for her healing work. There are so many yeah. people that we talk to that go in and ghostbust or even the psychic feelers just, you know, they just pick it up and lay it down. And I just am always wondering, why aren't you trying to help these spirits or these entities oh, thank you. move forward and move on, go to the light or be exactly. at peace or something? So I just want to say, bless your heart. <laughs> oh, <laughs> because that is so important. Because that's really the focus of my work. And that's why we're here. You know, it's not about worshiping phenomena and about who cares. <laughs> you know? it's, yeah, we're here to heal. Because lots and lots of people would still buy the DVD even without the healing, but I just, I just want to thank say you that. Thank so much. Thank you. <laughs> that means a lot to me. Well, I can, we, I, you, see, you guys have wonderful energy. I can feel all of you, and you feel wonderful. <laughs> it's so wonderful oh, being God. empathic. We're all connected. <laughs> Annette and I were just talking about that before uh, we got on the air, uh, our energy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good energy thing. Good. Thank you very much. Um, Cheryl, what was your part in this? Um, well, I was brought on board by Dan. Um, he told me he had this crazy idea and that he, he needed to revisit Central State. Um, and he wanted me to back him up as an associate producer. And I, you know, I come from a very strict religious background. Um, I don't know what my father would think about me getting involved with this kind of thing. But mm-hmm. I've got to tell you, it it touched me in different ways. Um, I kept coming up, I did a lot of the research and I kept coming up with the name Mary, Mary, all the time. All the records, there were, there were three or four, five Marys that I kept coming up across. And then we went to the cemetery, and we kept coming up with tombstones with Mary. And um, there was a reading with Mary and certain smells I would smell at my home. Um, it, it, I don't know. It just... And the first name I picked up. Yeah. Um, I didn't know any of any of that, and I go. I keep picking up this name, Mary, mm. <laughs> and then from the boom, you know, yeah, exactly. It was very strange. Mm. Um, so I just felt like I was a part of propelling this project forward for for Dan and for Marilyn, and and part of the healing. Like Marilyn said, I really feel that at the end of this project, we were there to open a forum for people that had been touched by Central State. Um, and we still get people now to this day contacting us through the website, you know, giving us their stories and saying thank you for telling the, these stories about people that were there and the, you know, the horrific um, uh, stories that they tell us. Um, it's just, it's a healing process. It is part of the healing. And I'm, that, I guess that's my part, you know, um, to back uh, Marilyn and Dan and everybody involved in the project up. So and I'm very privileged to be part of that. Dan, how did you go about finding patient X? Let me ask you that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's really interesting, Ed, because um, as we began to move forward with this thing, so many things fell into place to make it possible to finish it. And he was just one of those things. Sarah knew somebody um, as she was talking about um, what we were doing, and she goes, well, I know someone who might want to to be an uh, interview, but we're not sure, and he would schedule and then cancel and schedule and cancel and finally we got him to uh we got to interview him and then um mm-hmm. the rest is you know on the dvd but it was pretty compelling his stuff so. was he, i don't recall right now but was he 
was he put in there just for nothing really that would be considered um, um, an illness today, or did he have an illness when he was? I think he was. Uh, I think it was drug and du- was that right? Sharon? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was drug induced. Um, I mean, he's fully functioning now. He's got a great job. He's, you know, he's. I mean, I still see him now. Um, <laughs> you know, he's fully functioning member of the public. But um, he had a he had a lot of terrible things happen to him. Um, you know, um, mental illness, depression, that kind of thing, that they just didn't know back then how to deal mm-hmm. with people. Right. So, um, you know, but but he's a great guy, and it's it's that really brought it home to me, you know. Did it leave scars with him? or Sorry? Mental. Did it leave scars? You know what I'm yeah, saying? Um, uh, emotional scars. Yes, it did. And when we took him back there, he was, he was fine while we were driving around, around the grounds, but as soon as we stopped, he said he felt very trapped and he had this urge to run, to get out, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it does. It, it, it touched him, and uh, I'm sure he does have, you know, still have nightmares to this day about it. Wow. Um, it's a shame, really. It's really a shame that people were exposed to treatment that, you know, yeah. is basically torture today. What, uh, what was really interesting, too, about that is they had, you know, 2,500 adult patients, you know, at various degrees of mental illness, and then they also housed children there with them. And they didn't really have a separate facility for the children, so they just mm-hmm. sort of mixed them all in. Wow. It's yeah. very bizarre. Oh, my and then God. on the other hand, there were pe- when they closed the facility, what was it, in 94, very abruptly, they had people breaking back in because they had no place to go. They turned these people out on the street or put them in other facilities. But there are actual stories of people trying to live in the tunnels or get back in the buildings, which happens, you know, because that's all they did know. So you had the reverse of that. It was very, very strange, very interesting. Did you find anything in the tunnels that were physical, you know, stuff left over, clothing. There's uh, stuff everywhere, honey. It's like somebody, it's like the rapture came <laughs> and everything was left like it was. I, this is, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not lying in my dad. Everywhere, in the buildings, you go and there's nurses' charts on the wall. There's wow. a coat hanging wow. on the wall. There's clock on the wall. There's a dead plant. I mean, it's the eeriest thing you've ever seen. And it, it closed down in 1994. And there, wow. there are like yeah. chalkboards that um, have schedules, you know, up through the date that they closed, and then after that they're blank. But you know, prior to that, they've got it's like they just walked out, they locked the doors in some cases, some cases not, and just left it as it was. They were just in a hurry to get out. Was that part of the? I believe it was the Reagan um, exactly. shutting down. What when Reagan turned all the? Yeah, exactly. Cut off yeah, the funds. Put them out in the street. Yeah. You know. Well, I in all, in all fairness, I think they really were having a hard time. They were trying to get figure out something with, to do with that place, and they just couldn't. I mean, even uh, in the 80s, there was a year. I just talked to a guy the other day who was a, he's a civil rights attorney here, and he had a patient or a client that checked himself in for mild alcohol abuse, and within 49 days was dead. They had oh. you know put him in a straitjacket and kept him in a room, and he died of pneumonia in a straitjacket because he sweated so much. It's just the weirdest kind of thing. Jeez. So, um, and that particular year, I think they had like 49 people die of unexplained causes. Besides human error, right? Yeah, um, right. I'm sorry, I get very defensive. Astrally, astrally toxic, let's put it like that. I get very defensive with this, uh, there's something emotional, I don't know why, but when I hear, you know, abuse oh, yeah. in the medical, mental field, uh, mm-hmm. 
Well, and yeah. even they house horses. My, 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 the first time I went out there, I was appalled because they keep the police horses out there, okay? And I said to Dan, I said, oh, my God, I, gotta do, I also do animal healing communication and healing. And I was like, oh, my God, these poor horses. And so, sure enough, we have the film. A man comes up to me. We were speaking before the film and talking about certain things. man comes up to me after the film. He goes, well, I'm going to verify something you're saying about your concern about the horses. My, you know, I can't go into all the details, but let's just say he worked there. And he said that a few summers ago, one of the best-behaved horses suddenly reared up like it saw something, got totally freaked out, ran out into Washington Street, which is a big main street in downtown Indianapolis, and got mm-hmm. killed. Got mm. totally stuck. Like you, and he said, you. He said, and we all couldn't, you know, because they don't. They were police. They didn't understand what was going on, but they they knew something was bad because this was like the best horse they had, and it just totally freaked out and stood up on its hind legs like it saw some big monster and ran out into the street. And police horses are trained that you exactly. know to um, <laughs> the good one. This is one of their very well trained. Exactly, not to do anything like that. Yeah, yeah, they're trained to not be spooked or scared um, because a lot of times they're using riot control. Exactly, situations. and I think my hit on it was that this particular horse, because it was an evolved animal, it took on something for the other animals because you know how they do that. They take on things yeah. for us and they take on things for the group. And that was the psychic information I got was that he sacrificed himself. It was almost like, okay, I'm going to fight whatever this big demonic thing is that's here, and I will just take Argo one out. Hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, let's say right now, and I believe I'm right in saying this because it's mentioned in the documentary, this is not open to the public, uh, right. this location. So yeah. let's not have, you know, a yeah. bunch of people tracking down there thinking they're going to get in one way or another. You can go to the they, medical museum. Yeah, they can They can visit. There is a The Indiana History Medical Museum is on the grounds of Central State, and you can go there. I think it's 3 bucks or something, and you can tour the, the their museum, which has, um, you know, brains in jars and... Um, they did the, a lot of lobotomies there. Yeah. All this stuff from, oh. like, the 1800s on up. So Do they got the lobotomies uh, in these jars that you're talking well, about? Well, they, they have brains from, like, schizophrenia, from... Uh, <laughs> Oh, different God. kinds of various like it was a syphilis research center back in the early like eighteen or late eighteen hundreds nineteen hundreds. Okay. So they would do various brain research kind of things on, um, you know, chronic syphilis people or whatever, just to find out what was going on there. And so they have these brains in jars. Do yeah. they look any different than a normal brain? Let me ask you that. Well, I haven't really seen a normal brain, so. <laughs> okay. Okay. But I All right. I don't know. Um, will the work that you guys are doing there end with the documentary, or does that continue? Yeah, what do you mean exactly by that? Like, well, um, for example, like you know that Marilyn can go and provide some healing, or um, I do when, remote. I you know what I do? Thanks for asking about that. I, I, every day when I do my prayer and meditation and do remote work, I send energy to that earth, energy to that earth, to be healed into the souls that are there. It's always in my heart. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And it was by the told. state that it was sold to the city. Now we've been told it's been sold to private. Supposedly going to build condos. Hello. <laughs> oh, oh wow. great. Indian burial ground, insane asylum, now condos. Should be a nice exactly. mixture. Huh? <laughs> Busy place. Yeah. That's truly a mixed-use facility. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, what we actually wanted to do, Ed, was um, 
follow up with some sort of healing and, and get Marilyn and uh, the sh uh, Raven Wolf, who's also on the DVD. Get get various healers together and, and heal that that uh, facility and those grounds before the bulldozers came in. Um, and you know we still like to do that. There's still a lot of history there. There's still a lot of healing that needs to go on. Whether we can do that, I don't know, but we, we're still trying. So, um, you know, fingers crossed on that. And just well, Dan, you know, being a producer and looking into the future, you might just skip the healing part and uh, <laughs> give it five years and go back and see what's happening, you well, know. You know what's the condos are there. Yeah, right, yeah, maybe buy a condo and just start digging. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And get, make sure you get the first floor, yeah. Yeah, right, right. right. <laughs> that would be bad, wouldn't it? But you know, the interesting side note to that is there, um, we have um, – done a lot of research in that area and some of the tunnels that were under the seven steeples was which was the original or one of the original buildings it was like four floors in an attic above the ground and three floors below the ground they had these big large rooms underneath there that connected with these tunnels and somewhere in there um, and when they collapsed that building they just collapsed down on themselves so these the second and third floor below ground are still we believe are still somewhat intact we think mm. So we had come real close to finding um, the entrance to some of that stuff, and in those tunnels are this uh, are murals painted by the patients. Uh, one of which was John Zwara, who is uh, beginning beginning to be a very famous artist. He was I mean, this is back in the 50s, but so we we believe that those things are still intact. So it would be really interesting from a purely archaeological uh, standpoint to go back in and try to find those things and harvest them out because I. I those probably would be invaluable at this point. Did you uh, mention that to any colleges in the area or anything like that? Yeah, you know, we've really um, the, we've really had a hard time getting anybody to, to understand that, and I think mm. that's really been the frustrating part about it because, you know, all this other stuff, you know, I understand. If you don't, if if you weren't there to experience it, then maybe you know that would be something. But I mean, th these are pretty much hard facts about what we know about this stuff, and it would be a very valuable and a testament to the the patients too. I think that were they. Yeah. You know, this artwork would be, I'm sure, truly incredible. So, Well, maybe as the DVD gets out there and the web page gets noticed, uh, somebody of an importance, you know, in the government. Yeah, they even mentioned that there were so many people that were connected to the facility that you would think that somewhere out there somebody will wind up being able to donate some money or something to make something like that happen. Mm, that would be great. Yeah. yeah Let me make a little announcement right now. Okay, uh, to the listeners, for those who would be interested in knowing their past lives with a reading and it being done by our, our Annette over the phone. Annette, let's give your list of our listeners uh, your email address right now. I'm at fairyring at hughes.net. That's F-A-I-R-Y-R-I-N-G at hughes.net. And uh, a little bit of what you get is uh, we do a tarot reading so I can kind of get a feel for where you're at right now in your life. And then we do a past life reading with the rune stones so that we can uh, try to connect and help you over your rough spots or uh, celebrate your victories. And and that's more than just one past life. You go, you know, you're doing, you're giving them, you know, on a radio show you give them one. But in there you go back as far as the runes will take you basically, right? Well, it really depends on, on the client, um, okay. on what they want to know about, what they're feeling in this lifetime. Is it curiosity? Is it that they're trying to understand and achieve a spiritual goal? Mm -hmm. um, it, it really depends on the client. Okay. And they can, 
in by emailing you, they'll get more information about about this. And you can either go to our website and go under the uh, link to the, our uh, Spirit Weavers. Annette, Deanne, and I are talked about there, and Annette's email address is there. Or Annette, please give it one more time. Fairy ring. Fairy ring at Hughes.net. Okay. And also, Monday, March 5th, Deanne and I will be appearing at Champs Restaurant Lounge and Banquet Hall in Burbank, Illinois, doing readings from 7 to p.m., 7 to 10 p.m., and then every first Monday of every month thereafter. Champs is located on 79th Street, approximately six blocks east of Harlem Avenue. Also, no set fees for a reading, just a gift offering to the reader of your choice. And uh, Deanne does... Oh, man, I just went blank. Deanne does tarot do readings huh? and intuitive readings. I do palm psychometry one-on-one -on -one with the person sitting there. And if you bring an item of a, love, of a loved one who's passed away, I will attempt to do a psychometry reading off of that piece of item. Okay. Um, Dan, what's your plans in the future? Uh, as far as Central State goes, I think we're just going to uh, – keep going with it and let the spirit guide us with that because I think it's, um, you know, some of the stuff we caught on tape was pretty dramatic and I think it makes people really think about, well, there are things besides just the walls and the mortar of places and you need to really understand that. So we're going to try to move it forward in that way um, and um, just expand upon that and see where it takes us. I think. Do you have enough footage to put out another DVD? Uh, we have a ton of stuff that we didn't. We, I mean, we try to cram that thing full of all the stuff we had, but the, we have a lot of other. Um, I mean, there's five miles of tunnels, and I think we covered about all of them. So um, the DVD has a lot of great footage of that, and mm -hmm. also the apparitions that we caught and the uh, the orbs and things. But um, there are other. There is a ton of other footage that we have. So. We we have some um, extras on there. We, you can do like a virtual tour of the building. You can go through the tunnels. Um, we've got additional interviews, all that kind of thing. Um, you know, it's like two and a half hours worth. And, I mean, we we could have done another DVD of, of all the other stuff and, and follow-ups, you know. And maybe we will do that. I don't know. If there's enough interest, we, we may well do that. So, Were you able to get a hold of any of the doctors? Let me ask you that. Well, that was interesting, too, because at one point, what, there were six doctors for 2,500 patients. Wow. And I don't know. Do you, Right. There were very few doctors. I don't. They may not want to even make their name known yeah, that they were involved in that. You know, it just there's a certain shame about the place. I think people have, you know, both, on both sides, being a patient and also being on the administration side. So um, some did and some didn't, but you know, we were lucky with a couple people. No, there was a gentleman that was physically hurt. Uh, um, that was Dan. Dan <laughs> yeah. was hit on the head a couple of times. Oh, but that <laughs> he found um, red marks around his neck. Oh, that that in um, the pump room, in the pump room. Yeah, the guy that that was the um, groundskeeper guy. Yeah, the, the time, oh, that, what he was talking, I think, right? Yeah, that was the friend of the groundskeeper. He was. Had um, happened. Yeah. Yeah, that happened to him. Didn't happen to the man in the film that he was talking about. Right, it has happened to him. Right. What did you pick up at the cemetery? Well, when we were there, it just again, you know, there was there's always this sense of. Like a cloud over you when you're there. I can't really describe it, but you, when you're there and you're walking around, you just feel a presence always. And there's like there was like an odor. I remember when Dan and I went one of the last times we went. 
there was just like a smell, and I kept saying to him, can you smell that? And, and we could smell this, like a sulfury egg kind of a smell, um, and it was just very depressing. And that kind of smell followed me to my house sometimes. And that it was is the dark energy. That's the low ener- lower astral energy. It always smells like sulfuric, yeah, yeah. at Luciferian, yeah. Any idea what they buried them in? Was it just a wooden casket thrown into the ground? or? Well, that's the interesting thing. I think uh, it, some of that was that way. I think some of the time, we've heard reports that when they would do the research on the patients, when they did the autopsies, they would take everything and just bump it in, like all the all these specimens and the Petri dishes and everything, like with, if they were doing, uh, if the guy had bubonic plague or whatever, they put it all in the casket and they bury them in there. Wow. So it became like a garbage bag then for everything that was left over or used right. in the autopsy. Right. And then the interesting thing came later, um, and uh, we put it on the DVD, but it um, it was it, an interesting thing that this guy said. He, he worked in the grounds there, and they were doing an exploration tunnel for something or uh, drilling for a, a pilot hole or something like that off the site where the graveyard supposed to be about maybe 50 feet. And they drilled down, and they hit bone. And when they pulled it up, they estimated that it was actually two skulls buried head to head, so that it would have been almost like an Indian burial kind of thing. Burial, absolutely, it's ceremonial burial, which was kind of interesting. So um, that kind of backs up Marilyn's thought about that. So, hmm. you know, it's just it's one of those kind of places on the earth, I think, that is sacred or has some kind of connection. I mean, the people that we've everybody that has experienced any bad things there. I mean, they are scared of the place. Yeah. The guy on the DVD who talks about it being a vortex where he experienced this sort of portal back in time kind of thing. I mean, it's that kind of stuff. It's just really kind of an eerie kind of place. Have you heard from any government agencies about this uh, DVD that you put out? Are they happy with it, unhappy, or have you even heard it? Happy, but... No, they're not very happy. (laughs) Yeah. It's been a big issue, and it's a little bit... uh, um, disconcerting for me because I, um, you know, I've I've made family films prior to this, so all mm-hmm. this stuff has been that way, and I was compelled to follow through with this, and you know, it's like all of a sudden, you know, I'm in a different space and a place, and I become a spokesman for people that have been buried and dead for you know 50 or 100 years, and it's almost like you know that that's uh, I don't know that's a big shield to pick up and take on, but. Yeah, they're not they're not too happy about it. There's Have they tried to ask you to pull it off or not to, you know, to pull there were, it? To there were some things that happened that were, um, and I, I legally I can't really go into right now, but I, there were some things that happened that were really odd and huh. only could have been done by someone who was in control, like, of things that were part of the city, I think. So. Yeah, that's giving us a few hoops to jump through, I would imagine, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're all very brave. <laughs> Thank you. In more ways than one. <laughs> well, you, you guys, I feel did a good thing um, to get this knowledge out there, anyways, of what went on. Uh, the fact that back in those days, a lot of people were committed for reasons that today, you know, um, nobody would be committed for. And uh, I believe you're doing a real good thing by getting this out there. Um, If for the historical reasons, if you even skip the paranormal, the historical reasons that you talk about Mm -hmm. of what, you know, 
for history don't repeat itself. Let's put it that way. Right. Yeah, it's important okay. not to forget. That's right. Yeah. If you could make an appeal to the public and just have one one thing you want them to notice most about this work, what would that be, do you think? Well, for me, as a filmmaker, I think... Speak up a little bit more, okay, Dan? Well, for me, as a filmmaker, you know, these people, when they were committed and they were vulnerable and treated not with the most respect that humans could be, and now, you know, they're laying over there in unmarked graves and they're about ready to bulldoze over that stuff. You know, I think we have to to stand up for that, and we have to say, you know, that's not right. You know, we we just have to be more humane about being human, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think it's the phoenix rising up from the ashes. As you can see, the well, you'll see it on the DVD. The original building that was built in 1848 was glorious. I mean, it looks like a big mansion beautiful, almost like sacred geometry, and had these seven steeples or eight steeples, and just this beautiful architecture, which is what they did back then. Um, and there's still one standing, and is it in Connecticut, Denver's Connecticut? I think there's a... Denver's, uh-huh. Yeah. Right. And if, if you could see how this started, I don't think... It, it's it's very interesting, and I do. I, I feel like the, the, what is going on is where the phoenix rising from the ashes. And the woman, actually a famous woman poet, um, gave the land. She gave her farm for this to be built, which is kind of an interesting thing as well. What was her name? Bowen? Or Bolton. 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 And she wrote Paddle Your Own Canoe. That was her famous poem. <laughs> and I'm sure she's turning over in her grave at what happened to, you know. But it started out in a good way. I think it started as a higher thing and just didn't go that way. Hmm. I, I think it's gone kind of full circle now, and I do hope that whoever owns uh, the, the grounds now, that they will set up some sort of memorial or some sort of reminder to those people that, that were there, those that, the, those that worked there that wanted to do good, those people that were there to get better, those that did, those that didn't, those that died there. Um, just let's and, remember them, you know. And it's, a, and it's important to remember this, and a lot of people don't think about that, but any of us that have taken any kind of over-the-counter medication for anything, sleeping, or if or if you happen to get in a bad way and you got to take a Valium or a Prozac or something, these people back in the 60s, they were the guinea pigs for all that. Right. And they took the hit for us pretty much. And, you know, they're laying over there in unmarked graves, and it's just kind of sad to me yeah. that way. Yeah, it is. It really is. Very much. Yeah. Well, I would like to thank the three of you for being our guests tonight on the show. Um, would Dan, would you please give out the website again? I'd be happy to. It's central-state.com. Okay. I'll uh, post the the website on our Yahoo group tomorrow sometime, or maybe Darlene, if she's listening yes. to the show, she could do it tonight, uh, post it up there. Absolutely. For our, for our listeners can, you know, click onto it. And... Hopefully, maybe in the future, maybe we all three of all all six of us can meet. That would be uh, wonderful. Yeah, I would definitely like to meet Mar. I'm going to say this wrong again. Marilyn. Marilyn. <laughs> okay, uh, Dan. Uh, congratulations on your past projects, and the DVD is good. And Sarah, thank you for contacting us. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, thank you, Ed. Thanks for having us on the show. It's been, yeah. it's been great. Thank you. Okay. Um, Thank you, and hopefully, like I said, we'll put up the website uh, link tonight or tomorrow, 
and hopefully our listeners will uh, wander over there to uh, visit you know, and see what you have to offer. And good luck with your future plans. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Okay, guys. Thanks a lot. Thank you so, thank uh, you so much. Very informative. Thank you. Yeah. We're going to bring some information for our listeners um, right now about the next show. The next show will be Sunday, March 11th. As you may tell, we're doing this bi-monthly. Uh, Annette, Deanne, Darlene, and I sat down and talked about it and decided to do it because I feel our shows are special and it allows people to hear the past shows. So in the archives, and then there's no shadowing one show over another. And I just feel it's a good route to go is by bi- weekly right now. But our next show was Sunday, March 11, and is a very special paranormal night. First, we will have paranormal author from Chicago, Ursula Belisky, with an announcement of a unique paranormal event coming to Chicago. She'll be on talking about that. Also, on this paranormal broadcast night, March 11th, I will do what has not been deliberately done in the past. Many people have commented, sent me emails, whatever, that during our show, spirit activity starts up in their homes. Things happen, things go on. With our broadcast on Sunday, March 11th, I will deliberately, more or less like our circle of energy, set out on our broadcast to activate spirits for our listeners' personal experience in their homes. Deanne will, for those who choose, Deanne will be doing a, I guess you could say, providing some protection. You can listen to it if, you know, if it interests you. If not, that's fine too. Then Annette will be giving a follow-up and some suggestions after I do this thing. And let's say if the spirits are still active in a couple of days. Right, Annette? That's right. Yeah. What can you do as follow-up um, after listening to the show and what might you might experience in, in your home or uh, with your personage, <laughs> how you can, uh, you know, get some protections, find some relief if it's yeah. bothering you. Okay. I believe we are surrounded by spirits, so let's see what happens. I also know this is a bold move. Nobody else has tried it, but nobody else has make you know had has had people say during their broadcast that things happen in their homes. So I want to provide the experience for everybody. Deanne, are you ready for this? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay, okay, okay. It's going to be a form of our circle of energy, different, of course, for the simple fact we won't be you know doing what we do during the circle of energy, but I will attempt to do what we're going to do. Plus, Ursula has a fantastic announcement to make that night. And uh, she will also be providing, we had a lot of activity on our show she was on when she was talking about Hull House, mm-hmm. the Demon Child, etc. We're going to also, to warm things up this night, have her describe Hull House maybe uh, as she gives it on her tours. And uh, just to warm things up, then uh, I will step in and do what I do. And uh, Annette, 
do you have anything to say besides, again, if people are interested in having a past life reading, I've heard that the couple that you've done since our last show, people loved them. And uh, you love the people that you've been talking to. They've been great. And uh, you have anything I really, else? I really feel, I really feel like um, a lot of good work is uh, has gotten done. Um, people came to me maybe feeling a little mixed emotions about you know the current lifetime based on the fact that they thought that there was some leftover baggage from past lifetimes, and we were able to pull those things out and examine them and. Um, I'm really excited because, like, uh, one of the gals that I talked to just a couple of nights ago, she was such a sweetheart, and we had the best experience together, and I was just able to leave her um, feeling like, hey, okay, this is where I'm going with my lifetime, and it's going to be positive, and she had so much to look forward to. She, This lifetime is going to be the last for this particular learning spot for her. So... It was really it was very rewarding for both of us. <laughs> good, good. Yes. And I gotta say that knowing Annette that it it's a feel good for her to help other people feel good too. Oh heaven. So, <laughs> yeah. That's what it's all about. <laughs> yeah. And Deanne and I, like I said, will be appearing at Champs in Burbank, Illinois, uh, March fifth and doing readings there. We've got a couple of house parties coming up, et cetera. Mm-hmm. If people are interested in that, just go to our website. And under Spirit Weavers, you can find out how to contact us. Um, anything you have to say, Deanne? Um, no, I was. I just thought this was a really awesome show tonight. It was very fascinating, but very overwhelming um, with that sadness energy. It kind of really... I don't know where this has left me, but they're doing an, a great job, though, trying to get that justice out there for the spirits that are left behind. It almost makes me angry. I mean, if you go to our website and look up, I believe it's Mantino Hospital, uh, the place we had out here in Ch- the Chicagoland area, Illinois, I think you can you could feel my anger even in the postings there. Um, yeah. Just, just to know that this was done to humans, you know, so many, so many years ago, like lobotomies and stuff like that. It's like, man, they, you know. Really, it's just that feeling that they, it's over, and it's okay to rest now. The healing, I hope the healing comes through with that. I hope it comes through for the family members, too. I really do. Definitely. You know, that may have people in there. It's so yeah. tragic. It's, uh, it's just so sad. Annette, would you like to go to the place? Oh, <clears throat> well, with knowledge comes power, and I think that the more that people know about it, mm-hmm. the more healing that can take place. I'm just yeah. so awesome, so excited about the fact that they're concentrating on the healing factor. That's right. so, so important to me all the time. And, you know, so many of these places are, you know, sensationalized, you know, phenomena right. and ghosts and so forth that... Something needs to happen because there is that great sadness, like Deanne said, and it will just hang there and continue forever and pass itself on if it doesn't have a chance to be set free. Would I like to go there? Oh, boy. I don't think I want to come home like sulfur, but but I really think that um, people of our caliber who want to help with healing probably should Mm -hmm. take those steps and go be a part and try to assist. 
Okay, with that, I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in. I want to thank Deanne and Annette for participating in this. I thought they were fantastic guests. And uh, March 11th, tune in for an experience that may be the first for those who listen. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, listeners. Thank you. And I will be talking to you and see you and see you all again March 11th. Good night. And don't, good night. Good night. Bye bye.